And, and kind of with that, I mean, when you hear all of the various things that are going on, and then what's happening in our own individual lives, it's very easy for us to get confused. Very easy to get confused about where we stand. And when you're feeling that sense of confusion, and it's not uncommon, we all have times where, where confusion does set in, the question is, how should I pray when I am feeling confused? We have decisions to make, there are things that we're praying for, and then you have conflicting advice maybe, or conflicting thoughts. How do I pray? Have you ever faced a tough decision and then, then not known how to pray about it? Have you found yourself confronting a nagging issue that you want to deal with but felt like you don't have a clue where to begin in prayer? Things can be going on in your life and it's like, gee whiz, there's so much going on, where do I start in praying? Praying in the midst of confusion can become an opportunity to draw near to God and to deepen your relationship with Him. Let me, let me say that again. Praying in the middle of confusion can become an opportunity to draw near to God and to deepen your relationship with Him. If you find you just don't know how to pray about something, you're in good company because many of us face that situation fairly regularly. It can happen. It can happen to me, anyone behind the pulpit or anyone else where you can have a state that sets in that really has you kind of wondering, where do I go from here? Okay, and if you're in a good and, and, and you start questioning yourself whether or not you're in a good position, you know God doesn't expect us to always know what to ask for. All right, God does not expect us to always know what to ask for, and it's okay to admit that you're confused. It's okay. So many times that pride will get in us and we won't even admit to ourselves that I'm confused about something. And then you just go on and just thinking this too shall pass and you kind of brush it off and then the situation just gets worse and worse because it goes unaddressed. We often think that if we admit we are confused that it's a sign of weakness. But let's go to Romans chapter 8. We have to always go back to the word of God and see what the word of God says about things. Romans chapter 8. Okay, Romans chapter 8. And there's so much in Scripture that we, sometimes confusion come on, can, can come on so fast and then you get caught up in other things going about your day-to-day business. We don't always stop to think and realize what, what's happening, what's going on, why, why am I confused, you know. Do I give up or, or should I press on or what it is that I, that I should do? Well, first of all, God has provision for that. And the words that we're going to go over today will hopefully address this matter so you'll know where to go in the future. Okay, Romans 8 and starting with uh, verse number 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Please underline, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit, meaning the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit itself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. 
Now we addressed this a little bit, Brother Brandon touched on it in, in one of his messages a few sermons ago, a few uh, weeks ago, um, about how this is where praying in tongues and praying in the Spirit really, really comes in handy because you don't have to, to process through your mind uh, what it is that you need to be praying for, okay? But before we go further with that, I want to read this from the Amplified Version of the Bible because it kind of really puts it in context. And, but I want to start at verse number 14 and then we'll run through the verses 26 and 27. So go back to Romans 8, verse 14, and just read along with me. But I'm going to read it from the Amplified Version. Verse 14. For all who are following themselves to be led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading again to fear of God's judgment. But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons the spirit-producing sonship, by which we joyfully cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies and confirms together with our spirit and assuring us that we believers are children of God. You have to believe that you are a child of God. And if we are his children, then we are his heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ sharing his spiritual blessing and inheritance, in other words. If indeed we share in his suffering, so that we may also share in his glory. Verse 18. For I consider from the standpoint of faith that the sufferings of the present life are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is about to be revealed to us and in us. Okay? Just to pause there for a moment. So many times we focus on what's happening right now in the here and now and the confusion that, that may be um, besetting us or be upon us that we, we stop and forget. And last week we talked about how things of this life are temporal. They're temporary. These things pass away. Regardless of how terrible or, 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 or critical your situation may seem compared to, to eternity and what you have inherited as a child of God, this is but a drop in a bucket. Okay, so you can get through whatever is going on and whatever has you confused. This too shall pass. You need to look forward to the greater things. And remember here that we also are heirs as Jesus is. Verse 19. For even the whole creation, all of nature, waits eagerly for the children of God to be be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration and futility, not willingly because of some intentional fault on its own part, but by the will of him who subjected it in hope. That the creation itself will also be freed from its bondage to decay and gain entrance into the glorious freedom of the children of God, which is us. For we know that the whole creation has been moaning together as in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only this, but we too, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, a joyful indication of the blessings to come, even we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for the sign of our adoption as sons, the redemption and transformation of our body at the resurrection. For in this hope we were saved by faith, but hope of the object which is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he already sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait eagerly for it with patience and composure. I think last week I, knew, I used the, the, the analogy that if I was to give my keys at the time I said my car keys to Kathy, and I said you can take the car and go home, 
if she just sat there and just said with the keys in her hand, gee whiz, you know, I can take these keys and jump in pastor's car and I can drive home, gee whiz. She doesn't have to hope for that because it's right there in front of her. She's got the keys to the car. But if I said to her, okay, you can go and take my car and drive home, but don't give her any keys. And if she sits there, then she's going to be saying, well, gee, now that's something I got to really hope for because I don't see any evidence of it. I don't have the keys in my hand. Okay? So in other words, it's easy for us to, 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 to put our hope on things that are already around us, you know? But it's the things that you don't see. Okay? That's where it's really a challenge for you to hope and trust and have faith in God. The things that we don't see. Okay, all right, all right. If, if, I, if God told me to lean on this pulpit and I look here and I lean on the pulpit, well, that's pretty easy. I don't have to hope that the pulpit's going to be there because I see it. If God brought me out here and said, lean on the pulpit and I don't see it, now that's where my hope and my faith has got to come in because I've got to have hope and faith that when I lean, that God will be there to catch me. All right? So the things that are in your life, okay. The things that, that challenge you are the things that are, are, are where there's no evidence of how it's going to work out, you see. And that can be the source of confusion many times. Because you're not sure. You know, you've got this feeling that God is telling me to do this or God is telling me to do that. And, and there's, no, there's no evidence of, of, of anything, you know, going, going on around you. And so it brings confusion into your mind because you're kind of like, God, what should I do? What should I do? You see? And then you'll hear conflicting things coming from your friends and families. Those who love to help you. Amen. They'll always have good advice for you. And they're telling you things to do. So now you've got all these voices coming in. You know? What should you, what should you do? Alright? So continuing here. Then with verse 26. Again, now reading from the Amplified Version. In the same way the Spirit comes to us and helps us in our weakness. We do not know what prayer to offer or how to offer it as we should. But the Spirit himself, the Spirit himself, the Spirit himself knows our need and at the right time intercedes on our behalf with sighs and groanings too deep for words. This is when you're speaking in that heavenly language or speaking in tongues. And he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because the Spirit intercedes before God on behalf of God's people in accordance with God's will. Amen? So the thing is that when you get to the point that you're really not knowing how to pray and what to pray for, what the Scripture is saying there, is if you know how to pray in tongues, you go to the Lord and you're praying in tongues, because you're not thinking about what it is that you're saying. It's the Spirit, the Holy Spirit that is in you praying to God, and obviously the Holy Spirit being God knows what to be saying to God, because he's praying on your behalf. Okay? So this is one way when, where I was saying before that like confusion is that we stop and think that, that God um, um, always thinks that we know what to pray for. God knows that we don't always know what to pray for. You see? And, and, and how to pray. And that can add to, you, add to your confusion. Because when something is bothering you, the first thing, you know, I, I, it's happened to me, you know, over the years past. Thank God I've learned how, learned many years ago how, how to overcome it. But when something is really confusing, you don't even know where to begin you know many times you don't even think about dropping down on your knees and going and bringing it to God the confusion is just so overwhelming you don't know where to start and then when you do decide well let me go to God and pray well Jesus then you say well what do I even say on this subject 
How do I even approach God? What words do I formulate? You know, well, you don't know, but the Spirit of God knows. The verses in Romans uh, 8, 26 and 27 suggest that none of us know how to pray as we ought, but the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Confusion is actually a helpful problem which, re- which reminds us of something that is always true. We are always dependent on God, always dependent on God, and need to ask Him to help us and show us how to pray. With humility and confidence, we can invite God into our confusion and ask Him to help us discern His mind and will, will, His mind and will and heart. He loves to do just that. You know? Many times when you're confused and you're looking for the words to simply go to God and say, God, I'm confused with this. Can you please just help me? I don't know what to even say to you. There's nothing wrong in saying that to God. Lord, I don't even know what to say to you. But this thing is on my heart and it's strung me. Too often, too many times, we are reluctant to come before God when we don't have everything figured out. We may find it hard to admit that we are totally dependent on Him. You see, our, our first instinct as human beings is to fix things and figure it out ourselves. It goes it, without failure. I don't care what it is. The first thing that, that comes in our minds, gee whiz, how do I get out of this mess? Well, many things that come into your life, especially the important things that come into your life, you cannot get your way out of. That's why there's confusion. If you knew the answer to something, you wouldn't be confused in the first place. Because there'd be a clear-cut direction or whatever it is that you need to do. Amen? But the first thing that we do is we try to figure it out, out, out ourselves. You know, and we're reluctant to come, be, uh, to come before God because, you know, we don't, we don't have everything figured out. We may find it hard to admit that we're totally dependent on Him. Our loving Father knows, knows what we need before we even ask. Go to Matthew. Let's go to the book of Matthew. He knows what we need before we even ask. Matthew 6. Thank you, Jesus. Matthew 6, verse 31. Okay. Therefore, Matthew 6, verse 31. Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows what you have need of all these things. Please put a bracket around verse 32. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. But seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. In other words, don't be worrying about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. But God knows what you need. God knows, you know. You see, so, so while you may be confused about what direction you should take, about what you should do, God certainly isn't because God knows, knows what you need. And on top of that, God knows what your tomorrow is going to look like. You see, you see, you, you see the, the, the beauty of getting yourself to where what scripture is describing is that the advantage that God has over you, obviously among, among many things, is that he knows tomorrow. Okay? So in our confused state where we're trying to figure out what is the best thing to do, the choice that we may make may be totally counter to what tomorrow is going to bring. 
You know, when we're figuring things out on our own, we cannot take into thought, take into consideration what's going to be happening tomorrow or next week or next month or next year or five years from now. God, though, God knows what is in your life five years from now, ten years, hundred years from now. God knows the number of every hair that's on your head. God knows everything that there is to know about you. Amen? So when you're feeling in that confused state, and the first thing that you do is you try to figure out how you're going to, going to, to fix this thing, or how you're going to go left or to go right, you know, your, your decision to go left or right may be totally against what is, what is going to be happening tomorrow. You see? See, but the operative uh, scripture there is um, verse 32. For after all these things do the Gentiles seek for. Your heavenly Father knows what you have need, that you have need of all these things. For whatever is having you confused and whatever that outcome may be, God knows what your need is. We need to untangle confusion in our lives. We need to untangle it. There are several reasons you could be confused about how to pray. You need to discern if the root of the confusion is in you or you are confused about who God is. For example, ask yourself if you truly believe God is good and that he wants what is best for you. Amen. 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 It, it's easy. You, 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 you know, there, there's several reasons why you could indeed be confused. You know, and I, I, I knew a, a fellow that brilliant, brilliant person had a, two engineering degrees and everything uh, on, on my staff. And, and, and he, he just could not make up his mind as simple, something as simple as our, um, which, which shoe repair back in those days. If men had shoes and you didn't want to throw them away, you could have them half sold or have the soles replaced. So in Manhattan, New York, there were plenty of um, shoe repair shops that you could take your shoes to and just have the soles replaced. And this big guy, for about three or four days in a row, he kept asking me, which store should I take it to, to store A or to store B, you know? And I just told him, Ben, you know, just take it to one of them. You know, I was almost like, just kind of like, just leave me alone, you know? But, and and th- th- he was confused over something so similar. But to him, it was not a small thing, you see? And when you are confused about something, to someone else it may, may seem like a no-brainer. But to you it is ext- extremely critical. Well, God knows what you have need of. God, know, God knew which shoe store that guy should have gone to. But obviously he didn't decide to, to seek him. You know. So the same thing in our lives, though, the point I'm, I'm trying to make, though. So, but then you need to stop and think, well, what is confusing me? First of all, do I believe that God is God and that God wants what is best for me? Do I really believe that? Do I really believe that? Or is it something that I am missing? You know, where, where am I missing this? We can always ask and pray for clarity in the midst of the confusion. But basically, we first want to know what it is that we're feeling confused about. Is it about life? Is it about faith? Or relationship with a family or friend? Okay, what is causing the confusion? You know, are you, you, is it just life? I don't like the state that I'm in. I don't like my job. I don't like my living conditions. I, my mother-in-law, my, my, my sister, my brother. I mean, what is it? Is, 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 is it a life matter? You know, is, is it about faith? Is what's helping to confuse me because I have very weak faith in God. And you have to really be honest with yourself. Part of confusion could be, am I being honest with myself? You see? Because how many times, you know, if I was to ask you, do you have faith in God, you quickly, you'll say, yeah. In a nanosecond, you'll respond to me and say, oh, yeah, Pastor, I got faith in God. But ask yourself that. Ask yourself that. Because your level of faith or lack of level of faith or small level of faith in God could be adding to the confusion. 
Okay, so you, you got to stop and, and do some real soul searching there. Most often, a feeling of confusion surrounds a particular question related to a life, to life relationships, or some direction. You see, and many times relationships, other human beings, can add to the confusion. It really can. Like I said, you know, family and friends and other Christians, they can be really, really great, good intended, you know, but the advice that they may be giving you may not be where God wants you to go. Okay, and, and they're trying their best. I mean, they love you, they want to help you and everything like that, you know. But, but, but golly, they just leave me alone, <laughs> you know. Because the advice and the stuff that you're telling me is just it's adding to my confusion, you see. It helps in untangling to go to the Bible to pray God's word. Start off with some real honest discussion with the Lord about how you feel confused and not sure of what to pray. And then understand the scripture that we're going to read in a moment. So what I'm saying to you is that we all think of going to God with a, a pre-structured prayer. And while Jesus did give us the model prayer, you know, our Father who art in heaven, etc., etc., you know, and there Jesus was basically saying, when you open your prayer, you open by praising God and so on like that. So it's a model prayer. But when it comes down to confusion in your life, you may not even be prepared or ready to even pray that, you see. So it's time for you to have, like, um, a real honest chat with God. Really saying, Lord, not looking for fancy and eloquent words, you know. Um, believe it or not, God does not speak in King James language. <laughs> okay, you know, he, God does not always just answer, you know, you know, thy kingdom and these and thou's and all of this. You know, God knows who you are. God knows what language you speak. God knows what's in your head. God knows your heart. Okay, but many times, most of the time, 99% of the time, 100% of the time, God wants you to be honest with him and simply just try coming to him and saying, Lord, I am confused. Okay, this is going on in my life. I don't know where to start. Aunt Tilly is telling me this. You know, the guy at work is telling me that. The neighbor is telling me this and what's going on that. Your word says this. I just read your word. And Lord, it's not helping. I'm still confused. You know? You know? You see, you see the, the, the beauty of the life that we live as Christians is that we're not religious. Okay? Christianity as Jesus talked and what is in the word of God is not a religion. Okay? Religion is something you do on Sunday. You do five times a year. You know, the major holidays when people show up to church. Okay, religion is being, you know, dogmatic. Religion is having all sorts of little things that you pray to or whatever. Okay, Christianity is a way of life. Christianity, as coined by the Apostle Paul when he was in Antioch, says that we are followers of Christ. That's all that means. So if you are a follower of Christ, what did Jesus do? When he was feeling at his lowest point before he was about to go to the cross in the Garden of Gethsemane, he dropped on his knees and he prayed. And what was troubling him was the word of God doesn't say anything about any eloquent speech. So he says, Lord, he says, Father, if there's any way, let this cup pass from me. Is there any other way, Lord, let there be another way for this. I don't really want to do this. He knew it was coming. He was going to be separated from God the Father, someone he had been with and known for all of eternity. All of a sudden he was going to be ripped away from him. If in any way, Lord, let this father, let this job be some other way. Okay? All right? 
And then he said at the end there, he said, however, Father, not my will, but your will be done. Okay? So when you're going to God, and you've got this confusion in your mind, don't stop and try to think about some structured prayer. So we go to God and say, Lord, I'm confused. I'm hearing this and I'm hearing that. Your word is telling me this. I mean, how do I sort this thing out? How do I sort it out? Let's go to Ephesians. Ephesians 1. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. So, so one of the things that we need to do is as what's listed or what is stated in the scripture here. We need to take heed to what's being said. Ephesians 1 verse 15. Okay. Now this is, this is written by the Apostle Paul to the, to the, Ephesians, the church at Ephesus. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord, verse 15, faith in the Lord and love unto all saints. Cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Please underline. May give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Please underline. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. That you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe, please in the line, power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and, dom- and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And has put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body. Please in the line, which is his body. The fullness of him that filleth all in all. Okay? So the first thing that you need to understand in verse number 22, it says, God put all things under Jesus' feet and put him, put him uh, as the head over all things of the church, which is his body. We are his church. So we are the body of Christ. So if all things are put under Jesus' feet and he's the head and we are the body, so if you stop and think it through, it doesn't you have to be a rocket science if you visualize if Jesus is the head and these things are under Jesus' feet and we are his body. That means that if we're his body, the feet are below us. So that means that these things are under our feet also. Okay? So in other words, the things that are going on in your life are within your control through God, through Jesus Christ, if you understand that. And that nothing is impossible for God, you see. But we feel like we are so helpless, not realizing our relationship to God. You understand what I'm saying? You see, so while you're feeling confused, you have the power through Jesus Christ to overcome and to sort all of this out and to be victorious over whatever this confusion or the situation might be bringing on to you. And what, what, what Paul is saying,
saying here, and the, the prayer that you should understand here, is uh, in verse uh, 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, with your eyes and understanding being enlightened. And you've heard me pray this almost every single Sunday that we're here. My opening prayer is, Lord, open their eyes that they may see. Let them understand the words. Reveal unto them what is being said. You see? But many times we, when we have this thing in our lives that are confusing us, you know, and we've read the scriptures perhaps, and we go to God, we don't think about going to God and saying, Lord, open my eyes that I may understand because I am confused. You see? You see? You got to realize that, that we, we live in a three-dimensional body, living in a three-dimensional existence in a very physical world. The things that are confusing you, the things that impact our lives the most are those things that are of a spiritual nature. It's dealing with emotional things. It's dealing with things that are happening on around us that are driven by spiritual forces, good and bad. Okay? So many times the things that have us confused can be of a spiritual nature. Perhaps the devil does not want you to really become unconfused because then once you're unconfused, your eyes are open to what's going on. And all of a sudden you get revelation knowledge of what's really, really, really happening. You see, you know, know, this person that's bringing all this confusion into my life, every time I go to see Johnny, this is what he says and this is what he does and blah, 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 blah. And I walk away feeling ten times worse than what I did. Maybe after reading scripture and consulting the Lord, you realize when your eyes are spiritually open, what your real problem is. It's not Johnny. It's not Johnny. But it's that spirit that's driving Johnny. What does the word of God say in Ephesians there, right? We wrestle not against flesh and blood. But against what? Principalities, darkness, and high places. So maybe all of a sudden the revelation comes to your eyes are open. You say, wait a minute. I need to bind up that spirit that's driving Johnny. Because this is what is causing me, me problems. Every time I see Johnny, he comes forth with this blah, 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 blah. It's that spirit that's driving Johnny. So God may say to you, I'm just saying to you, I'm just giving to you a, you know, a theoretical uh, uh, situation here. Um, God may say to you, you know, it, it's that spirit that's driving Johnny that's adding to your confusion. You need to bind that Johnny up. Okay? I can give you, give you, give you one very true, very true, true uh, case example again. Um, many years ago, um, I had a young lady that, that worked, and this is back east, so I'm not talking about anyone that will most likely hear this broadcast, but, um, and uh, uh, she, was, she was the computer person. She did inputting. And the inputter sat in the separate room away from management, et cetera, et cetera. And every day I'd see her after she was in that room, there was a, you know, a relatively small room, and there was about half a dozen people maybe in there. She'd come out with the longest face and so on, and she was a born-again child of God. And she said, this one particular person, he, he's a single dad. Every Monday he comes in bragging about his weekend and how he goes out with his 18-year-old daughter and they go clubbing together. And all of these wild stories and so on like that. And she said, it makes my stomach twist the things that he says. You know, I really don't want to, I don't want to hear it. And so I told her, I said, why don't you, you, you pray about it, you know, pray about it. And so uh, she went home and the next day she came and she says, I think I know what the answer is. And so she went in that day and she was in all morning and I saw her later that afternoon and she wasn't looking as down 
down as she was and so forth like that. And I said, you look much better today. What's going on? She said, can I talk to you? I said, sure. I went into my office. She says, you know, when I was praying last night, I realized what I was dealing with here. She said, she said there was an old perverse spirit with that fellow, and she called his name, that was always out partying with his daughter. Real perverse, and he would always tell these vile jokes, nasty jokes. So the Lord told me to bind up that spirit. Bind up that spirit. She said, this morning when he came in at 8 o'clock and before he sat down, she said, I looked at him and said, I bind your perverse spirit in the name of Jesus and so forth and so on. So then she told me what he said. He looked at me rather strange and he sat down and he was quiet all day long. Not a word. And the rest of the week and month and the whole year that she was there, not another peep. Okay? So in what was going on, what I'm saying to you is that if you've got this confusion going on in your life, God knows what is going on. And God is going to tell you what needs to be done based on his word. You see? So it may be something in your life going on that you can, once your eyes are, are once you've got this spiritual revelation as to what's really happening, it will become crystal clear to you what is the source of your confusion. Okay? You know, with the source of you know, you know, should I get a red car? Should I get a blue car? You know, <laughs> some people have an easier way of deciding. But anyway, but, but should I get whatever? And you're really, really confused. Well, what is the source of that confusion? Okay, already? And if it's really, really troubling, you go before God and you're reading God's words and you're still confused, just have a heart to heart with God. Say, God, I read, you know, Psalm so and so, I read Ephesians, that other, but Lord, I'm still confused. Okay? God knows what the deal is. God will talk, talk to you and let you know what the, what the source of, of, that, of your confusion is and how to move forward. Amen? Learning to pray, um, asking for God's empowering presence and especially for him, for him to uh, give you knowledge on how to pray. And be reassured that God's Spirit prays for us, especially when we are confused on how to pray. We just read that back up in Romans 8. Learning to pray means learning what kinds of things are most important to God. Learning to pray means learning what things are most important to God. What, what really matters to God that is worth praying for. Okay? What matters to God is what's worth praying for. You matter to God. You matter to God. You know? You know? Sometimes it may be that you cannot even serve God um, properly because of the way you're so confused. You, 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 know? You, know? you know? And confusion can seep into the point if left unchecked. If left unchecked, confusion can go to get to the point where, like, you give up on church. Why bother? Why bother? You see? You see? And some of that can come from where, like, if you have a good history of going to church and you've always found Sunday service rewarding and you've always gotten a word from God, you've always felt something meaningful, then all of a sudden this massive bit of confusion gets into your life and you don't address it. It goes unchecked. You know, it'll drag itself, it'll follow yourself right, it'll follow you right into church and you stop getting things out of church. You won't be hearing what the word of God is really saying to you because that confusion is in there just driving every waking moment that's before you. So after a while you start saying, why bother going to church? Because I'm not hearing from God that the messages are not, pertain- are not pertaining to me. It's just not touching me. You see, because you're not addressing the core issue. You see, okay? And going before God, I mean, you, you, you know, what, I've known people that slipped away from regular prayer. You know? I remember, again, I remember another brother in, in, in church one day called me aside and he said, You know, Pastor, I find it hard to pray. You know, I find, and this, this guy was, I mean, he was like a, 
but like a clock when it came down to praying, you know, and I, I find it hard to pray and just not, not finding anything. I don't see any, any feeling when I go before for God, you know, and he said, well, what's wrong? And, you know, and Holy Spirit quickly told me, don't answer that question, send him to me. And that's what I told him. I said, so-and-so, you need to go to God. Ask him that question. You see, ask him. You see, now, he was a nice, nice man, nice man, loving man, okay? But in his earnestness and his desire to get right with God, what did he do wrong? He went to a man. Okay? He went to a man. Okay? And because I'm a minister or whatever, he thinks that I'm going to go to the man. Okay? But if you're having a hard time praying to God, you need to go to God. You need to be really honest and simply say, Father, I want to pray to you, but I'm finding the hardest time here. I don't know where to start, what to say. You know, I feel like maybe you're not there for me. I feel like maybe you're not going to hear me because I did so-and-so and so-and-so and so. Forgetting what the scripture says. Repent, you're faithful to come to me that I'll forgive. You know, so you got this confusion going on and whatnot. Start with God. It starts with him. Go to him and simply say, Lord, 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 open my eyes that I may see. Give me, reveal to me, give me wisdom. Give me knowledge and let me see what it is that I need to, to, to address. As we get in the habit of that kind of prayer, it's easier to just bring our confusion to God. And say, just simply say, Lord, please take it from here. You know? Many times God wants you to simply ask Him. You know? And you've heard me say this many, many times. All of us who have children or have had children, you know good and well that there will be a child that will be laboring away, doing something, and you know the kid is doing it wrong, and sometimes you'll just sit there as long as the kid is not, you know, about to hurt himself, set himself on fire or something. You know? But you'll sit there and you'll say, all right, I want to see, when is he going to come ask me for help? You know? When is he going to come ask me for help? You know, we've all done it. We've been there, you know, as parents, aunts, uncles. All right? So the same thing it is with God. God knows what your need is. You see, but you need to come. You need to get in the habit of coming to Him. You need to be able to discern the source of your confusion. Discerning the source of your confusion can sometimes take patience, and it can sometimes take a little bit of time. All right? Sometimes we want instant answers to get out of this confusion. It may not necessarily be an instant answer. Sometimes we want, we want God to just be like on our time clock. You see? See, but all things happen in God's time, not in our time. Not in our time, you know? And thank God that's the case, because when we think we're ready for something, we may not be. Alright? The confusion about doing something, something that you want to do, and you're confused about why you're not able to do it or what whether or not to do it, you know, stop and ask yourself, and again, this is why you need to go to God, is this Holy Spirit constraining me from doing that? And I'm feeling confused, but actually it's not really confusion, it's me wanting to do something that God doesn't want me to do. Amen? See, but this is when, again, it goes back to you having a good fireside chat with God. Lord, I'm troubled. I don't know whether to turn to the left or to, to go to the right. One of the things that can be helpful at times, and I've done from time to time as the, the situation um, called for it, it can be helpful to write out with a pad and pencil, computer, whatever comes easier to you, to write out kind of journal style, all aspects of the confusion to help you sort out your feelings. Literally do a pro and con column. 
These are the good things about what I'm thinking about doing or what I'm praying about doing. Here's the downside of, of uh, what it can do, you know, what, how things could come out. If you can group things together in some, sort of a, in some sort of a logical way, you know, which of these things brings pain to my heart, which of these things worries me, which of these things give me a good feeling about it, you know, that, that can help to sort, sort things out. You know, when everything is out there, you can begin to bring it all to God in prayer, one piece or section at a time. All right? One of the things that I've kind of done on a piece of paper is after I've categorized things, you know, and then just say, okay, I mean, God knows what you've written down, okay? God can handle, you know, if you decided to do a, uh, um, like, a like a whiteboard at work, and you've got this huge thing, and you've got all these things sprawled all over it, well, God knows what's on that entire whiteboard, okay? But our minds are finite. Our minds are, are limited. So instead of trying to take the whole whiteboard to God, take a section. Take a section, you know? Say, well, Lord, th- th- this is dealing with the house. Okay, I mean, you may have house, car, kids driving me nuts, mother-in-law, father-in-law. I mean, you may have a whole host of things on this huge whiteboard that you want to go to God with. But you can't go to God. God can deal with it, but you can't as a human being. You can't go and reel off the whole whiteboard. So you say, Lord, I want to talk to you about the car today. Okay? Blah, 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 blah. This is what I'm confused over. You know, blah, blah, blah. You know, get to the house. Here's the house thing, Lord, today. This is what I'm confused about. Okay? And, and I'm telling you, I promise you, God will indeed. He will answer you. He will take you step by step. All right? And then after that chat fireside session with God is over, you take what you heard from God, what you learned from God, and then write it down. Write it down. Okay? There's nothing in Christianity that says that we have to be so spiritual. We can't use an iPad. We can't use a laptop. We can't use a computer. We can't use a piece of paper, a pad and pencil to help us in our prayer life or to help us in, in, in ministering or help, help us in understanding when God is ministering to us. Alright? Okay, you see, see, the interesting things, thing, and it's, it's so funny because I kind of watched it evolve over the years. Um, there was a time where people were so, quote unquote, spiritual and so Christian that if anyone showed up in church and had any kind of electronic gadget to read the Bible on or to do anything else with, that people would frown at that. Okay? They thought it was being unspiritual. Okay? Now you find it more and more and more. Okay? I preach from, from an iPad, from, from an electronic device. You will see that on TV more and more and more if you're watching televangelists. You'll see some of the well-known known people. They've got their iPads and so on like that. Okay? Why? Because God made that iPad. God made that tablet. God made that phone that you're looking at the scriptures on. God made it so that we could more easily access his word. All right? Okay? So why do we get so, quote, unquote, religious that we limit ourselves in being blessed by God? Because we think that while we're so confused, we get further confused by saying, well, now I've got to go to God, but I can't take my iPad in there. Well, I can't, I can't write down my issue on this iPad. I can't do this whiteboard thing I was talking about. I can't do that by using an electronic device. i got to memorize all of this before I go to God. Okay? And that's where your downfall comes, and that's where your confusion gets added to. It, it grows. Because you're not thinking about, you are so confused that you can't even let God help you through 
um, how to sift through this, okay? Did you ever stop and think that the fact that you are savvy enough to use an electronic device to help you in your prayer time, the fact that you are savvy enough to understand how to use a tablet or any other device that helps you to understand the Word of God, you think that God would maybe bless you for using that which He has blessed you with? The ability to use an iPad? Amen? So don't be so, you know, so puffed up and misguided thinking that now I'm going to do this, I'm going to sort through this big confusing issue that I have in my life by trying to memorize every single aspect of it and try to take the whole whiteboard before God instead of going section by section by section. Okay? Okay? This is how you untangle confusion in your life. You see? You see? And, and, and I found that, that, that God... Is a very practical God. Every time the, the, the evolutionist talks about some phase of life that from crawling out of the sea and one, you know, one-celled animal out of the sea into, you know, uh, uh, mammals and apes and all that kind of stuff, you know, we know that God didn't create the earth and all of creation through evolution. But God is a very, very, very planning-oriented being. I'm going to say person. He's not a human, obviously. You see? You know, you know, see? But God has structure. There's no such thing as chaos in the universe. God knows where every single asteroid is at any given moment. All right? you know? And so it is with our lives. So we need to try to make ourselves, or to get ourselves to be, knowing that God is a structured God and that God has a plan. The trick is to get unconfused is that how do I tap into God's plan for my life? You see? You see? And, and the only way to do that is by understanding him, understanding his word, believing and not being confused about Christianity and God's, God's, the reality of God, and, and, and trusting him. Okay? And trusting him. So it starts with, you know, again, like just, just talking to God. Just, just talking to him and letting him know that you're confused about something. That's the beginning of untangling it. The process can take some time. To work on. And you should always ask God to suggest scriptures to guide you through your prayers. Alright? Ask God, what scriptures? What scriptures should I use today? Lord, where, where should I read? You'd be surprised where you go to the scripture that will, will help you. Alright? And, and I have no way of describing it, putting that into English language, other than the fact that there will be a knowing in your body, in your, your spirit, if you will. You know, that, well, let me go to Corinthians. You know, let me go to Mark or whatever. All right? If you're seriously praying to God, God, show me the scripture that will help me out of this situation. That will help to open my eyes so that I may understand. Ask him for the scriptures, you know, and to guide you through your prayers. Okay? And again, I say that if you're you're used to praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues, that makes it so much easier because you don't have to sit back and think about what it is that you need to the step-by-step process, you see. And even if you're doing that, what you should be praying for, after you're praying in tongues, you need to pray pray for understanding of what you prayed. Amen? Of what you prayed. And God will do that. He'll show you exactly what it is that you've prayed in tongues and how he's answered you and what's been the, um, here's the, here's the, 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 uh, what do you call it, here's the extract of our prayer session together. Or the transcript, that's the word I'm looking for. Here's the transcript of our prayer, of our prayer talk. Step by step, he'll give it to you. You know, you know, and then, then from there, what you do is, is, is after God's given you a transcript of it and you have it in your mind, you put it down on paper. Put it down into your tablet. Whatever, if you're using an electronic device, 
use a computer, whatever, a laptop. Capture it so you can go back. Okay? I know over the years, over the many times, I've, all of you all know, I'm a very gadget-oriented guy, and going back to the original Palm Pilot that was out there, you know, I've always had some sort of a gadget. And I've, I've been doing that for years. I capture the major things in my life that have been happening, the things that I've been praying for, and I go back and I reread them when I see how God has answered them. That's another way to bolster you when you're, you're, when you're confused and you're, 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 you're kind of wrestling with faith in whether or not God is going to do something in your life. Look Look at the things that God did in your past. Amen? So it may take some time, but it takes a little bit of perseverance. God will give you the, the scriptures um, that you need to, need to read, you know? And if you don't know where, where the scripture, if you don't know where to find the scripture, look it up in a concordance. Okay? A good concordance will have, and matter of fact, there are tons of books um, that you can get from the Christian bookstore, even online these days, where that if you don't know what the scripture is, you'll have a listing of feelings, let's just say. You know, how are you feeling today? Well, I'm confused. You know, look at the word confused, there'll be scriptures dealing with confused. How am I feeling? I'm feeling depressed. There'll be scriptures listing depressed, you know. If you feel you can't find a scripture, and if you, if you think that God is not showing you, you know. But guess what? By God taking you to, to use that method to find the scripture, is God leading you, leading you anyway? Amen? Amen? So God is showing you ways where you can find resources, if you will, biblical resources that will point you to his word. Okay, then the other thing that you need to do to help to untangle is to meditate on that scripture and then pray it back to God. After you find a scripture that fits your situation, read it over and over again, you know? And, and if, if the scripture that you've been led to, you're not quite sure what that scripture means, then say, Lord, I'm reading the scripture. I feel you, I feel you, you sent me to the scripture, but I'm not quite understanding what this means or how this fits me even. Okay? God will give you revelation and wisdom, knowledge and understanding of what that means. And then when you go back to God in prayer, you pray that back to Him. You pray that back to Him. I mean, a real, real simple one is, again, is, you know, just that, that, that spirit of fear thing. You just go back to God and say, Lord, I trust you, Lord, because I know that you have not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. You know? It's in the words. It's in the words. You know? And then you, you meditate on it. If no scripture comes, ask God to speak to you in your daily readings and show you what he wants you to see about the issues that have been confusing you. You know, when I say daily readings, I mean that is based on the assumption that you are on a daily basis reading the Bible. Okay? I mean, the other thing about nowadays, too, is that whereas in, in the old days... I know when, when people were first, when they first accepted the Lord, uh, we always uh, gave them a Bible at church and we had them start in the book of John and felt that was a good way for a, a neophyte, a newly uh, born again Christian to start, start going. But nowadays, I mean, through the computers and handheld devices and whatnot, there are a number of good Bible programs that will have these daily reading plans. Some plans, if you want to choose, will get you through the, the Bible in a year, you know, some six months or whatever you want to do. Um, um, there are so many different, different plans that you can enroll yourself in. And then a reminder pops up on your phone each day, here's the scripture for the day. You know, I mean, and that can be a part of your daily readings. Okay? So during this time of this confusion that you're trying to seek about, you know, ask God to speak to you through your daily readings. Even and is there something in those daily readings that would, would point me to where God, where you want me to go to become unconfused or to bring clarity um, into my life, you know? And again, we often want 
want immediate answers, but don't give up. Don't give up. That's the key, you know? You know, if something is confusing you, in many cases, it's been building for a while. It's been building. Sometimes it's something that you've been neglecting just simply doing and putting off just doing. You know, procrastination can certainly exacerbate uh, confusion because you're putting off finding the solution or you're putting off doing what you should be doing. So now you've gotten to the point where it's just confusing to do something, you know. Whereas God may have told you to do something and you sat back on it. You sat on doing it. And then the next thing you know, you, now that's given time for the devil to get in there, for him to send along Aunt Tilly and Uncle Johnny, Cousin Buzz, and all these other people come into your life. Where I get these names from, I'll never know. But all these people in your family that start coming forward. In the meantime, you know, you're giving them time to come forth with all this quote-unquote advice to help add to confusion. Whereas maybe God told you what to do the first time around, but you sat back and you didn't do it. You see? So confusion, it can come from many, 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 many places, you know. So it could take time. But the thing is that you don't give up. And whatever you do, don't get, don't, don't get so um, turned off that you think, well, you know, God is not helping me here. God is really not pointing me in the direction that I need to go. So what's the point? You know, why should I just continue on? You know, confusion can wind up becoming a way of life. You know, I've known people that will kind of get up and do their daily routine. Get up, brush their teeth, shower, jump in the car, go to work, you know. But if you ever really engage them in any kind of meaningful conversation, you'll find that they are confused, you know. And what happens is with a person like that who is not seeking God and is not seeking answers from God... The confusion becomes a way of life for them. And that's the person that you may know that's kind of like always, this always is kind of, it's kind of out there. I don't know how to describe it. You know, we've all known a person, people that are kind of like, just kind of out, out of touch. You can't really ever connect with them. You hold conversations with them, you talk with them, you may go to lunch, you know, but the person is either just always kind of spacey, for want of a better description. It's kind of always like they're in deep thought or out there and whatnot. And, and many times these poor people are walking around, they're like walking zombies almost. You know, they're living life, they're doing the things they should be doing, but they're confused because they can't make a, a decision over something that's in their lives. Therefore, their, 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 their sense of purpose and direction becomes uh, directionless, so to speak, where they're just kind of drifting, just kind of drifting, you know? I like to always feel and know that I'm going from point A to point B, and I know where point B is. There are many people in life, and you may or may, you may know some, where they have a point B, but how they wind up getting there is like all over the map. Okay? It's like this kind of all over the map. They're kind of like drifting. Talk to them one day, they're saying this. Talk to them another day, they're saying this. Okay? The Bible speaks about that even. It calls it, the Bible calls it a double-minded man. Okay? A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You know, this can also be a result of confusion. They're confused about something. You see? All right? But the most common thing is, you know, fortunately for most of us, confusion is not a, um, um, a, a long-term state of, of being. It isn't a daily part of life. And you don't want to let it become a daily part of life. 
I'm not saying that confusion has a time limit because it can vary from person to person, situation, whatever it is might be going on, a combination of things. But you want to get unconfused as quickly as you can. But you've got to do this at, with God and at God's time, like I said, and be patient. Don't give up. Amen? Amen? But confusion is not a way of life for us Christians. Does it enter in from time to time? Yes, it does. So do not think that, um, you know, that you are on the wrong side of God because there's something in your life that has you confused. That is not the case at all. It, it, it happens to all of us. All I'm just saying is that there is a way out. There is an answer, for, a way for us Christians, us children of God, to become unconfused and to untangle confusion. Amen? Amen? Praise God. I hope this message has been a blessing to you. And now, before we close, let's prepare to honor God with our tithes and offering.